Hello darlings, sweetie darlings. It's time for a walk. Perhaps you can hear that I'm walking. Ooh, I almost just walked over a little remnant bit of a caterpillar, an actual Pandora moth caterpillar, which reminds me I need to make a correction on some of my nature blather from one of our previous uh, burning tarot nature walk tarot readings. Anyway, this little piece I'm looking at right now, the poor thing died, and you can see why. It's got little white, very creepy looking pod things on it. What happens is that there are wasps that lay their eggs on, in, on top of, yet embedded in, these little caterpillars that become quite large, the Pandora moth caterpillar. And then you'll find a poor dead thing left behind with these exploded creepy pod looking things on it, like they're from a, one of those Alien or Aliens movies, remember those? Ridley Scott, Sigourney Weaver. That's what they remind me of. And those little pods are what the wasps hatched out of. They're their little eggshells. Now when I see that, I, I want to be on the side of the caterpillar. I think the wasps are dreadful. But I suppose if I were the mama wasp, I would think it was a worthy sacrifice. The life of one caterpillar of bazillions that are defoliating our pines, by the way. I might think it was a perfectly fair trade that one of them should have to perish so that I could produce, reproduce, send my heirs out into the world. And so it is with humans and our babies, whether our babies are other human beings or ideas, books, poems, concepts, all the stuff we make. Cheery thought for beginning our walk. I've already been walking a while. I came out to a very special holy spot. We have two, well, we have one kind of natural rock dolmen, unlike the dolmens in Ireland that I remember so well from when I lived there. Um, these are just not made by humans. Nope. Mama nature. Volcanoes. And then there's a big um, burst of volcanic rock action uh, nearby. And there's a lot of trees in here, so things are pretty shady. And shaded, not like shady like dicey. <laughs> so this is a place I come and I do ritual. And there's a nice stump there. So I left off a frozen bottle of water that I can drink on my way back. I'm going to take a much longer hike. I said hello to the elements. And then I pulled a card. Why don't we all say hello to the elements? I don't know where you are or how you're listening to this, but if you can, give yourself a moment of rest. Pull your car over somewhere. Turn off NPR. I don't know why you would be listening to this and NPR at the same time. I just thought of that. I don't know. Decrease the clutter around you if you can. The input. Find a nice spot. 
And this will just take like a minute or two. No big, no big whoop. We're going to be standing for this for those of you who can stand at this particular time in your life, who find it comfortable to stand. Otherwise, you can sit or lie. But let's elongate our bodies. For those of us who are standing, place your, um, let's place our feet underneath our knees and our knees underneath our hips so that we're uh, squared off. That's what we called it when I was training in physical theater techniques and dance. Low these many 40 bazillion years ago. All right, and you want your um, knees to be loose so they're not locking you in place. Just kind of bounce up and down a little bit. If you have any core muscles, I barely do, but, you know, maybe squeeze them a teeny bit. And then this position, really a little bit bouncy with the knees, but your core tighten a little bit. This should give you a nice solid sense of your feet and your all the way up through your limbs. And then lengthen your back. And picture a string coming out of the top of your head like you're a marionette. So it's an interesting combination of elongating and feeling that your head is going up into the air, the sky, the clouds, and that your feet are very well grounded. And in between those two points, you can move with comfort. If you are lying down or seated, uh, look for that sense of movement from feet to head. And it's okay if you're not standing during it. But picture that feeling of loftiness in your head. Like you are a king sitting on his throne. Or you are a yoga teacher standing in front of their class. You know, something like that. And you can kind of allow your body to embody. Body embody. You can allow yourself to have those feelings even if you're not in that particular position at this moment. And make sure that the energy that comes in from the earth... Make sure it's flowing up through your body. You might feel it coming in through the soles of your feet. And if you're feeling that, that is fantastic. If you're not feeling that and your feet are firmly on the ground, um, try taking your shoes off maybe. Touch some actual grass if you can. And just feel, pretend that there are roots coming out of your feet. And feel those roots sinking into the ground. They go wide, they go deep. They're searching for points of anchorage. They're searching for water and nutrients. We all have energetically that kind of rootedness to us. It's hard to reach if we're not used to it. Because our culture is like, hey, let's live in our brains all the time. And maybe with our hands. Brains and hands, that's what we like. (laughs) Those are fine people, but let's root into the earth as well. And I totally lied about this only taking a minute. It's going to take a couple minutes. A couple few. Um, if you are seated and you don't have a sense of the energy that comes through your feet, um, well, try to feel wherever the energy does enter your body. I know some of you are ill, or some of you have parts of your body that don't uh, feel physical sensation. So, um, the energy may be moving through those parts anyway. So try to pick the energy up where it does become, um, something that you can actually feel or even just imagine in your body. 
particularly if you're seated, you might feel that the energy is more like coming from your uh, buttle area, <laughs> right? So that's fine too. What's important is that the roots are there and energy is being drawn from the earth through you, through us, through our physical bodies, as wildly limited and problematic as they sometimes seem. I was recently taking a Zoom dance class with Flock Dance in Portland, and it was a weekly class called It's a Fucking Miracle, <laughs> which I really liked. Our bodies, however, you know, vexing they may be, they really are miracles. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Let's take a few breaths from wherever you found your roots or your energy connecting to the earth. Okay? Feel that energy. Oh, and if you're thinking, I'm not feeling any energy, whatever, that's fine. Pretend. Play pretend. Remember how to do that? Right? Stuffed animals, tea parties, imagination. Okay. Get your imagination on. And if you don't feel any actual earth energy, just pretend that you do. Okay? That's, that's not so hard. Here we go. With each breath, we're going to do five breaths, and we're going to draw energy from the earth on the in-breath. The inhale. And then as we exhale, we're going to send thanks back to the earth. So on the inhale, we are feeling all the goodies that we get from the earth and our body's connection to it. And on the exhale, we're just expressing gratitude for that. If you're not feeling grateful, just send a little like, hey, earth, glad you're out there. You know, it doesn't have to be full born, full bore, um, you know, Hallmark card gratitude. Just whatever you got. Inhale, accept the beautiful energy of the earth. Exhale, say hello, thanks to the earth. Here we go with breath one. Let's keep breathing. You'll hear the wind blowing and a little buzzy airplane, maybe birds. Breathing in the beautiful energy of the earth in a conscious way. Breathing out. Thanks to the earth. Allowing the earth's energy to enter our bodies through the soles of our feet, through our palms, through our rear ends, whatever we got. And allowing our gratitude to escape with our breath Because, my friends, it really is a fucking miracle that we're alive at all. Much less that we're making it through these very strange times. Ah, I'm feeling that energy and oh, thank you, Mother Earth. Mother Earth, Papa Smurf, 
everybody. Thank you, thank you. So that took more than one or two or three minutes. I hope it was worth it for you. I enjoyed it muchly. We are now further along on my walk. We're out where the National Forest meets some private property. When you're driving through the beautiful forests of Oregon, you might be thinking, look at all these zillions of acres of gorgeous land, untouched wilderness. Well, no, it's not. And it's also checkerboarded with private property, such as this one, where they've chopped down lots and lots and lots of trees, which affords me a view of the top of Black Crater, wonderful mountain that we basically live at the foot of and Mount Washington today. Gorgeous. And up through the trees there, I could see North Sister. Now, I came to this spot um, sort of in an acquisitive, as in A-Q-U-I-S-I-T-I-V-E, acquisitive, not inquisitive, mode. And that's perfect for our card today. Um... When you're walking through the forest in a in a mode of trying to acquire something, you find that you're having a very different experience. At least I do. A couple of years ago, I was a little bit obsessed with morel mushrooms, which grow here in the springtime. And I found that my wonderful walks in the woods really got disturbed by this. That it was really hard to turn off the little part of my brain that was searching the base of every tree for morels and looking at every little chewed up pine cone which the squirrels leave around and then they kind of rot and turn gray and if they split in half like that they look like a morel or more likely the morels grow so that they look like these squirrel spent cones so every time I past a cone, I had to go, is that a mushroom? Can I eat it? <laughs> and it was really interesting. I learned a lot about the experience of, of being human. The experience of recognizing how greedy I can be and how easily my brain will, will just go into that mode. I want the stuff. Give me the stuff. The card we pulled was the King of Coins reversed. And I'm fairly certain that I pulled that either for all of us on the Burning Tarot podcast here or for one of you who uh, purchased a personal reading within the last month. But honestly, I can't remember which. Anyway, I know this guy has been coming up lately and that I've really spent some time staring at this particular rendition of the card, which is from Cat Black's Golden Tarot deck. So the king of coins can be, you know, kingly and stuff, <laughs> right? Coins are earth, also known as pentacles. Um, and this is, this is the suit of our earthiness. And we just did an earthy grounding breathing ritual, breathing practice, I should say, a moment ago. And so I love earth. I'm an earth sign, you know. I got tons of planets in earth in my astrological chart. And I love the planet and I love nature. And I try, at least, to love my body. 
And uh, it requires that I have a somewhat acquisitive relationship with Earth. That could look like I am going to starve if I don't find the morel mushrooms. That could look like I'm going to starve or go back to living in my car or my R-Pod mini trailer if my husband and I don't make money or if the state of Oregon never processes the pandemic assistance uh, applications. And that's a very fundamental level, right? Survival. It is the, it, you know, the uh, what used to be called the first circuit or first system. People might associate that with first chakra stuff. Um, survival, bio-survival urge puts us in an acquisitive state of mind. Give me food, give me water, give me shelter. Wait, now I sound like Mick Jagger. What's going on? So what was I trying to acquire today? Well, um, a couple months ago, in the middle of a manic episode, I came on up to this part of the woods and I found this beautiful ghost manzanita. And that's what I call a, a greenleaf manzanita that we have here. They have red stems. And some of them will die or like one single bush will half die. These are not giant trees, they're, they're shrubs. And so amid all this greenery, you'll have these beautiful sort of glowing silver gray white uh, skeleton hands that are trees, that are bushes. Um, they look like stilled lightning. I've put that in a poem. But I don't think the poem ever got published, so I guess nobody will ever know that but you guys. Um, so, so I think they're incredible. And I'm sure I have photographed some of our tarot cards with, with bits of these, what I call, ghost manzanita. Well, when I was wandering around up here a couple months ago, I found a really gorgeous one that was flat because it had kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how. Somehow it had been sort of uprooted and turned over, broken off at the stem. And so I could picture affixing it to my wall of my office slash room slash never really moved into it properly. And then I had to mold remediate it. And so I just have some plastic bins in there, whatever that is. And I pictured this beautiful thing on the newly painted mold remediated wall. Because I have an accent wall, but of course. Um... And so I dragged this thing through the forest for however far, and then I just, and, oh, and I came down here and tried to put it in my car. I'd been wandering around in, in the truck, which is actually an SUV, it has a closed lid. Well, this thing was so big, it wouldn't even fit in there. And so I just nestled it among some bushes here. And every once in a while I think about it, or I'll talk to my son about it. And today, just, I don't really know why, I was just like, I'm going to go see that thing. And I'm in some pain with my health body problems today, so I know physically I can't try to carry it down the road today. But I just, I don't know, I wanted to see it. And so I came to this beautiful spot, and I sort of sat here with the beauty of this spot on this particular hot day. And I did look out over at the mountains, and I did go, hmm, appreciate, appreciate, for like 45 seconds. Because I had things to do, people. I wanted to look at this potential acquisition, you know? 
And um, so once again today, I find myself relearning that lesson that I learned with the morale mushrooms, which is that I can't, not that I can't, I tend not to fully appreciate what I've got when my mind is jumping ahead to what I might get next. And I'm not denying that mushrooms can be really great to eat, and I'd like to go collect some chanterelles this fall. But I can't treat the world like it's my, my little freaking store, you know. Hello, Amazon. Click, click, add to cart. This really interrupts my process of actually being in this moment with this earth. It's tricky, because as I mentioned, you know, survival is important. And my family's survival is a bit threatened by the current um, economic situation. At least our survival in our having a house and all those privileged things that we have. King of Coins jumps out upside down to suggest that we're overdoing it on acquisition. We're overdoing it on planning our next acquisitive steps. King of, King of Coins comes up upside down to say some of our plans, some of what we're imagining we're going to enact through our hard work and our cleverness and our position and power, through the tools that we have learned to use and manipulate, through the knowledge we have gathered. This particular rendition of King of Coins really pays attention to that. Um, because he is depicted with um, various tools and an hourglass and, um, and a little candlestick. And so he's got his writing desk, essentially. But he's probably also doing alchemy there and some math, and he's counting his coins. He is aided by technology and knowledge. The castle is in the background. He does have kind of a far-seeing look on his face, which in some ways is good, but also a severe look. Um, he's definitely a kind of um, gray-bearded, uh, you know, Zeus kind of character. Is he really guiding his kingdom well when he's reversed? Is he really making the right decisions or is he just fortifying the damn castle more and more? At what point do we cross from, you know, a reasonable creature trying to find some mushrooms because it's hungry in the forest to a greedy king? A greedy king who's obsessed with protecting what he's got. At what point do we become, you know, sort of... What were the Egyptian kings up to building all those pyramids, right? Gorgeous, lovely to have that, that culture and the, those archaeological finds. But you have to wonder, at what point is building the pyramid more important than life and the lives of the slaves who had to build the pyramid? So... I think we're being asked to look at our own lives for the next week or two and notice where the acquisition factor 
is actually interrupting the process of being real, of being appreciative, of enjoying what we've got? Or are we relying a little too much on, on physical models, uh, economic models, that just aren't that solid? They might actually be crumbling right now. And that might be why our uh, acquisition energy isn't flowing very well. This might not be a very good time for it. So I am going to do this, and I encourage you guys to do it with me. Um, and I think this is going to take us over maybe a couple weeks here. Really take note of which, you know, how much of your day is spent in acquisition mode or in planning for the next acquisition. When is, when is that fear-based? When do you feel like it's stuck? There's a lot of stuck energy going around lately. I believe some of it's astrological. It's not just COVID. Um, but blaming things on the stars just seems really convenient, so I like to do that. Um, so when we hit a point of stuckness, let's we could do that breathing exercise, right? We could really breathe in the actual energy of the earth and then give thanks for what we really have. We could take those five deep breaths and then take a moment to survey that which we have, like our king of coins with his great white castle behind him. We could step away from our toolkit, step away from our books and our knowledge and our terrible cleverness, and instead enjoy the castle, walk its grounds, sink our feet into the earth, sink our backs into the earth. As always, we're walking again now, by the way. As always, I would really like to hear from you guys about how this process goes for you. You can send me, you know, you can record in a little book. You could say, here's the date, here's the time, here's what I felt in my acquisition mode. Share with me. I have been very much enjoying your feedback lately, which has included an in-person discussion and a phone call, and some emails, and even a beautiful card in the postal mail. Thank you. I do love it, you guys. Now, the thing about acquisition is that you have to do some of it to function in this society. In that spirit, I am offering a tarot reading to you guys if you need a personal reading. I am back on track to give readings properly. And instead of going through my online store, please just email me, burningtarot at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk about the transactional piece of it. It's a sliding scale. So this won't be posted anywhere on my website. It's just for those of you who listened all the way to the end. Um, sliding scale of $20 to $40 for a three-card reading that I call the Tiz Reading. And on my website, tiffanyleebrown.com, in the shop section, you can read about the different sorts of readings I do. So it would be a tiz reading. And 20 to $40 sliding scale just for you, my sweetie darlings. And um, that sounds like a great way to um, acquire to me. Hope I'm not being too greedy there. It's quite a discount, actually. And, um, 
Beyond that, I hope that I'm going to be able to enjoy this beautiful forest, and I will record some forest sounds so that you can enjoy this place too. I do love sharing it with you. Um, For those of you who have asked about the nature rituals and walks that I used to do in video form, um, the answer is maybe I would do them again. Most of those were one-on-one, like one-on-one spells and one-on-one walks that were just delivered to you individually if you were part of my Patreon back then. Um, I loathe YouTube and Google's um, the, the problematic things that they are doing to our society. So I'm not wanting to use that technology anymore. If you feel strongly about it and you would like me to do one of those for you individually, we can figure out a different way to get the video to you. And again, just email me to let me know. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll let you listen to the wind and the little flies and things. Much love. Air hugs. Ciao.